0: Hello everyone and welcome to another special edition of the Rowing Chat podcast. This is the podcast for the sport of rowing. I'm Rebecca Caro. I started this in 2013 so we're just coming up to our 10th anniversary and today I'm delighted to welcome back to the podcast for the second time, Mahi Drysdale.
1: Hi Rebecca, how are you going?
0: Good to see you again. Um, The newly retired Mahi Drysdale who i Hugely enjoyed seeing the singles race that you guys did at the World Championships. That was just such a genius genius idea and a great send-off.
1: Yeah, it was. It was uh, a genius idea. It wasn't that enjoyable um, when you're unfit and and fat and uh, not rowing well. But um, I enjoyed the 10 days in Europe. I just had to suffer through uh, two minutes of pain. So it wasn't all, all bad.
0: And as I was remarking to you earlier, you all got medals at the end. So that was lovely.
1: Yeah, that was good. I think uh, I think I ended up finishing about third, which was pretty good.
0: Yeah, I was, uh, you know, you went out the back door, buddy.
1: <laughs> well, I was, but then they waited for me and I, I sort of snaked them on the line. So that was pretty good.
0: Oh, that old trick.
1: <laughs> yeah. I,
0: I think this is the moment where I say, welcome to Masters Rowing, Mahe. This is the sort of thing we do all the time.
1: Yeah, I won't be doing it all the time, that's for sure. I need a need a bit longer, I think, to um to uh, yeah, forget how I, I used to be able to row and, and not expect to be able to do that anymore.
0: It's quite interesting intellectually. Your body remembers your peak delivery and then when it can't do what you're asking it to do, it's a real mental challenge.
1: Yeah, well, I think uh, I, I sort of I actually felt quite good for about twenty strokes. I thought, oh yeah, it's not not all bad. And then, um, yeah, the the last sort of forty were um, yeah pretty average. So
0: that is, listeners, that is the art of New Zealand understatement. Pretty average. <laughs> Now, Mahi, that wasn't why we were agreeing to have a talk today. I recently read a newspaper article that talked about a new group that you have been part of forming called the Athletes Cooperative. Would you tell us a little bit about it and, and why now is the time to form a cooperative of athletes?
1: Yeah, so I guess this has um, been brewing for a, a lot of years. Um and it's it's a group of athletes at the moment, uh, rowing and and cycling um, athletes in New Zealand um, at the elite level, and it's I guess uh, a group that that we hope to have some input into the decisions um, that are, are made uh, in in sport in this country. Um, you know, we want to be part of of the process of of making sport better and um, you know making the the important decisions that that affect our, our everyday lives and. You know, that's that's, I guess, the, the crux of it. Um, and, you know, we, we are, are trying to work uh, alongside high performance sport in New Zealand, uh, cycling and, and rowing to, um, you know, get better outcomes for, for athletes.
0: So for those of us who are not professional athletes and never have been, can you explain what has the system been now to date because as we see it you compete at the national championships you get invited to final trials selections get made and at some point you get asked to be part of the new zealand rowing team how does that work
1: yeah so i guess from a, a higher level um you know the government uh give sport new zealand uh money every year and and that's to run um you know from grassroots uh, right through to to elite um, sport. And now that is then s- sent uh, from Sport New Zealand to High Performance Sport New Zealand. Uh, High Performance Sport New Zealand is, is, you know, generally their role is to, to win on the world stage. Um, and then they make funding decisions um, around what sports will, will deliver uh, the, the medals and, and the results that, that they want. Um, so then they distribute uh, funds to those individual sports, um, and that's the the rowing and the cycling and the triathlon, etc. In New Zealand, um, and then those sports, um, you know, I, I guess uh, get the athletes together um, and and you know run an organisation uh, to to deliver what they've they've promised. So you know over the years, um, generally rowing New Zealand, uh, well it has been the the best-funded sport in New Zealand uh, since, since uh, well, the the previous iterations as well as high-performance sport has been involved, um, and you know that is purely for the fact we've delivered more uh, Olympic medals than than any other sport in in that time. So you know that that is is basically the the sort of generalisation of of how it, it, how the system works in New Zealand. Um, so I guess uh, the issue is is High performance sport New Zealand uh, make a lot of decisions um, and there is no athlete input into those decisions. Uh, so, you know, where the money goes, how it's spent uh, is, is fairly well decided at a high performance sport level. Uh, by the time it comes down to, to rowing New Zealand, for example, um, you know, their sort of funding is in buckets and, and they have to use that funding uh, how how high performance sport has has kind of distributed that funds and uh high performance sport also employ a lot of people um you know those people will support the sports and and support the the funding um you know and and i guess the performance of of the athletes and that's through you know sports scientists or doctors um physios masseuses uh you know strength trainers all all those sort of people are are employed by a high performance sport and, and allocated to the sports as part of it so you know as athletes um, we just want some input into you know how those funds are distributed uh, we believe we're in a position that that we can uh, you know we know what it takes to perform um, I've been involved in the system for 20 years uh, and I guess um, you know as part of that some of that money is is allocated to athletes and And the funding uh, that that athletes get, um, and that you know, in in our case, it's it's through a grant um, at the moment, and so that that basically pays our um, you know our living costs. But I guess one of the the bugbears we we have is um, you know there is one hundred and thirty two people as at June twenty one at Sport New Zealand and High Performance Sport New Zealand that that are paid over one hundred thousand dollars a year. And the the most you can make as an athlete is um, uh, I think now seventy five five thousand dollars a year as, as a gold medalist. So you know there's a, a bit of a disparity there that the people delivering um, the results are, are not getting rewarded um, at the same level as as the people supporting um, you know the performance. And uh, you know I, you know my personal view is is that's not right. Um, but, you know, there's, it's, a wider, it's a wider than, than just the athlete um, sort of payments. We, we certainly want to, you know, co-design the system. Um, obviously, you know, there's, there's been a lot of uh, issues in sport, um, especially high-performance sport around welfare, around, um, you know, there's been, been a lot of reviews done um, over the years about what's wrong with, with sport. And what we're saying as athletes is, you know, let's co- co-design the system um, so that we can you know work together and, and make a system that's better for everyone and you know we want to see the table to have some input into those decisions
0: <laughs> and it, is it just a <coughs> that um, cycling and rowing are the sports that have have come to the fore um, to voice this because Kirsty is an ex-rower as well isn't she from your
1: colleague yeah so so Kirsty is is my co-chair and uh, she has a, a rowing background, but uh, also in, in cycling, um, you know, her, her, I guess her main results are from cycling. So, you know, yeah. she's, she's pretty well placed. You know, why is it only rows and, and cyclists? Well, I guess we both sort of were designing systems and came together, uh, realized that we were quite aligned in, in what we wanted. Um, and it made sense you know that that we could actually work together and and you know form a, a stronger union um so that's you know that's why it's it's um you know those two sports uh we would absolutely like to open that up to any sport um you know olympic sport in new zealand that's sort of funded through high performance sport in new zealand um mm. the reason that we haven't done that at this stage is uh that it just adds complexity um and also we we don't have the resources to um, to do that properly so you know we, we want to start here and then we'll um, we'll kind of see where that that leads but you know absolutely over time we, we hope we can add um, other athletes in if, if they feel what we're doing is is beneficial
0: now the article that I read said that um, the athletes cooperative was set up in June this year in opposition to High Performance Sport New Zealand's attempts to establish an athlete voice mechanism. Now, my reading of that is that they tried to do something and you felt it was inadequate. Can you explain a little more context about what was offered by High Performance Sport New Zealand?
1: Yeah, so this, I guess, um, comes to the, absolutely the crux of this matter. So, <coughs> sorry, um, so... Uh, December 2019, um, a group of athletes sat down with the powers that be um, at Sport New Zealand and High Performance Sport New Zealand. Um, and it was decided at that meeting that, you know, there needed to be some athlete representation um, and, you know, more input into the system. And so so we all kind of left that meeting feeling, feeling pretty good. Um, we worked alongside them for the next couple of months. Um, Sort of had some input into ideas uh, they basically then said thank you um, we will employ uh, someone to uh, go away and and work on this and we'll come back to you um, you know once we we have figured out how this will work so straight away we were like well no no that's not right this is a system that we want to work together on to to co-design uh so that it, it sort of suits us both so you know that's that's basically how it started they then um came up with a framework put out an rfp to say um you know this is what we're looking for uh what what uh groups out there are available to to run this um you know i guess as um as a group we we kind of looked at it and we said no this doesn't work for us uh, this is not how we envisage it so we decided to um you know create our own our own organisation and. Um, you know, we do think this, uh, you know, so basically what happened is the NZOC's um, Athlete uh, 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 Commission, uh, sort of they, they bid on the RFP and, and they um, have, you know, got the funding from, from HBSNZ to, to run the Athletes Leadership Network. Now, we very much support the work they're doing in, in um, developing leaders uh, but mm. we we don't feel like um they are a representative body they are not independent um and you know we we feel that they are compromised in in you know what they are doing and they have said that they are actually a, an athlete voice mechanism uh, can c- uh, sort of comparatively to an athlete representative group and you know there's yeah. there's sort of um a bit of a you know it sounds very similar but uh, an athlete representative group represents, I guess, athletes. Uh, an athlete voice mechanism in its its way is basically an opportunity to speak, um, but n- have no real power. And you know, I think what will happen is is very much what happened with with the ALN that you know HBSNZ will listen. They'll go and create a system, and then um, and then say this is what we're going to do, rather than actually sitting down at a table and saying but let's, let's co-design something that works for all of us. So, you know, that's, that's I guess, um, a bit of a summary and, and, you know, how we've got to where we are. Uh, so, you know, now it's, it's a matter of, of trying to, um, you know, get some traction and, and have, you know, high-performance sports sit down with us and, and actually discuss the issues and, um, you know, make the changes required that, that you know, we, we work together um, to, to make the system better.
0: And in order to force this conversation, you have decided that a legal um, challenge is the way to go. Yes,
1: yeah, so it's a, it's an interesting one, um, you know. And, and we have got, we have chosen uh, to go down the, the route um, of the Employment Relation Authority, um, you know. And and again, this sort of comes back to there's a very big power imbalance uh, in this country and, and in this space where, you know, the powers that be, I guess, have all the power and the athletes uh, just listen and, and do what they're told. And so the, the Employment Relations Authority route, um, you know, sort of balances that power out and it's it's used obviously for employees uh, to to work alongside their Uh, employers and and come up with a collective agreement so you know that's that's sort of the the route we've gone down and and as I say mainly to try to balance that um, that power so that that we're all sort of sitting equally around the table and and not being dictated to.
0: And so just looking into the future let's let's um, make an assumption that an agreement is made Um, would you hope the, what are the areas you would hope that athletes would have input into is it just financial and budgets or is there more
1: oh it's 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 much more than that and and you know probably the big thing is is you know the welfare of athletes you know we want a system that we're proud of um, we want a system that that treats us uh, with respect um, and you know that that we feel valued I, I guess is is really the 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 crux of it and you know, it's, it's, you know, we don't think it's, it's that hard um, to, to achieve that, um, you know, with a, a small sort of few little tweaks. And, you know, I guess as an athlete, it's, it's frustrating when you're told, you know, this is, this is the, the most that, that you can earn, um, even though you're delivering the results. Um, when, you know, you see them make decisions that, that you know, we perceive as, as I guess, wasteful. Um, and you know, even with all these reviews that are happening, you know, the, the same thing just happens over and over again. There's a review. They say we hear it. We're going to make changes. Uh, so they employ more people, um, and you know, that just costs the system more. But those people don't necessarily, um, you know, lead it into to uh, you know better outcomes or or for that matter, performance. So you know, I guess we just want a, a seat at the table to say, okay, let's Let's see what the issues are and let's deal with the underlying issue rather than, um, you know, trying to put a Band-Aid on, on top and and uh, solve it that way.
0: And would you expect the um, organisation which the, um, the NZOC have set up to be a part of that? Would it be a three-way discussion at the table?
1: Um, potentially. Um, and, you know, I think it's still unclear as to how and what they are uh, are going to do um, if it's purely an athlete voice mechanism, um, you know, I, I just don't think there's going to be any change. Um, you know, they'll they'll have their say, but the the changes won't um, you know reflect what they're saying. Uh, yeah. So that's why we we feel like we need a, a little bit more of a powerful um, you know and and have some mandate to be able to um, you know what we say is is listened to um, that you know. Potentially, we have to sign off on on some decisions that that affect us directly. Uh, I think mm. that would be a, a, a more workable solution.
0: Now, can I just ask contextually: Are athletes employed by their federation?
1: Um, so, at the moment, they're not, um, but it's a it's a very much a grey area. Um, so, you know, as I say. Um, There's there's grants handed from High Performance Sport New Zealand to Rowing New Zealand and then handed on to the athletes. And as part of getting that grant, you have to sign in a a contract um, where you give up most of your rights, um, you know, and and obviously they dictate where you train, when you train, um, all those sort of things. So the relationship in essence is that of an employee, um, yet the athletes get no um benefit or rights um that an employee would and you know it's it's sort of a an interesting one obviously you know around selection things like that you know they can they can end your contract uh as yeah. soon as you don't get get selected um you know and you have no sort of recourse to that whereas you know if if and, and again i guess just just a little bit of a side you know if, if someone does a bad job um you know as an employee supporting the athletes, uh, you know, they, it's very hard to get rid of them. Um, and, you know, obviously they, they would get, um, you know, severance pay and, and et cetera, if they were to be, um, uh, fired or, or told to move on. So, you know, it's, it's, I think in essence, um, you know, we are employees, um, and, you know, high performance sport because of the decisions they make, um, they are ultimately the employer, um, but you know obviously um, it's it's something that that has not been sort of tested, um, tested. and you know that's that's where we're we're sort of going at the moment.
0: Would you align this with the fights of the Uber drivers and other people in the gig economy who act like employees but don't get the legal protections?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's it's very similar. Um, and, you know, I think the the thing about it is, is, you know, we are open minded around, um, you know, the employee issue. The the key is, um, is we sit and, and um, you know, sit at the table and, and negotiate a collective agreement. And, you know, just for an example, you know, rugby players are employees in this country. Um, the cricketers are independent contractors. So, <laughs> you know, there is, there is um, you know, room and, and, you know, we absolutely believe that that we are employees, but, um, you know, we're, we're absolutely willing to allow the, the um, process, I guess, to determine, um, you know, what is best for, for both organisations. But, um, you know, at the moment we, we see uh, the employee route as, as being, um, you know the best for us in in all the protection and and uh, you know the i guess the system that, that that offers us
0: in other countries
1: do they have athletes unions or are you a
0: world first
1: um well you know do they uh well you've got you know rugby cricket um you know the, the netballers all have associations right now um and and unions. I think in the Olympic sports space, uh, yeah, we are one of the first. And you know, this is a, a landmark case in the world in the fact that um, you know most Olympic sports are, are treated very similarly uh, to us. So you know, we we know of a lot of countries you know watching on with interest to see um, you know the outcome of this and and uh, you know what what has to change. But you know, I think um, this is a a sort of moment in time that we have an a, an opportunity to to lead the world and and show them you know what is possible and you know this is not us versus them we we actually want to get alongside and and work with high performance sport to you know design a system that that works you know better for all of us and and at the end of the day it's high performance sport so you know results are king and and that's you know ultimately what we want but you know at the moment i think um you know athletes are treated as a commodity um, and replaceable and you know that is somewhat true but um, we believe you can treat athletes well and and you know we can all come out um, at the end of your careers um, you know feeling feeling uh, pretty good that that you've all worked together to, to achieve these results.
0: Certainly on the world rowing stage there is an athletes commission that uh, FISA world rowing runs and my understanding is they are reasonably influential particularly with a lot of new decisions about things like redrawing lanes at regattas when it's windy from the side and things like that so would you see that as the as a good model for a sort of
1: working cooperation um yes and no like um yes they have had had some uh some wins i guess and you know, making it better for athletes. But I, I think even from from their perspective, you know, there's a lot of decisions that, that they make and, and recommendations that they make that are overturned at a, at a higher level. Um, and, you know, that's kind of that, that sort of almost athlete voice versus athlete representation. Like, you know, if it, if it directly affects athletes like, you know, fairness, that should be absolutely an athlete commission decision. And you know whatever they decide basically stands. Um, you know as I understand it, that goes back. You know they make recommendations. That goes back to the um, you know visa, uh executive and and executive make the the final call. So you know I think I think in those sort of things, um, you know there, there needs to be a little bit more um, you know listening to the athletes and and doing what's best um, because you know this is a I've been around for twenty years and fairness has been something that has reared its ugly head for so many years and you know it's been talked about it's been you know there's been different things and you know like it seems it seems a very simple um you know decision to make that you know the the higher seated crews going into each round get to choose the lanes first you know you you completely wipe out any fairness um or unfairness uh you know results if you get to choose your own lane and and to say that that has to be almost a decision, you know, as you line up for the start, because you know conditions We'd can change in the yeah. thirty minutes that you're out there. But you know, you yeah. you kind of earn that that right to choose that lane, and and if you choose the wrong one, well, you can't complain that it was unfair. Um, you know, if you've if you've had that decision to make.
0: Certainly, there would be structural governance changes needed organizationally for something like the fairness example you just gave to be delegated in its entirety to the athletes voices but that's something that could probably be brought in over a couple of years so it's it's not impossible but there would need to be a serious amount of willingness for an executive to give up their controlling decision making in an area as important as that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, there's, you know, that's just, just one sort of small example, but um, it's one that, that is so like, you know, it it makes the, the athlete, uh, sorry, the FISA executive have no, you know, real, uh, you know, should have no real input into that because it's, it so affects athletes and, you know, it doesn't really affect them. And what we've seen in the past is, you know, fairness takes about half an hour to figure out whether it's fair because they want to see three or four races that are unfair, unfair. until they make yeah. a decision. Um, you know, and that that to me, you know, from an athlete's perspective, that can be your whole career um is decided on, you know, a, a race or, you know, if it's a, a semi or a, a quarter final, you know, that can affect your funding. You know, we we need results for our funding. So yeah, it has massive ramifications for us. But as an executive at FISA, well, it has no real ramifications for you, apart from a few people saying, "Oh, that was unfair," and um, you know, this is this is not right. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think that's that's just putting the the decisions where the decisions should be lying. And and when it's such a um, you know big decision for athletes, uh, that's that's who should be making these these calls
0: what's the next date that you have for progressing the athletes cooperative
1: yeah so so we have um you know got to a a, a, a hearing with the um employment relations authority so that happens in february and um you know, we i guess until we we go through that that's um you know that's sort of a, the next phase as to uh you know whether whether we uh can can progress and, and sit down and start collective bargaining
0: Mahe, I wish you and the athletes cooperative all the best in your endeavors and perhaps may I invite you back to give us an update
1: afterwards. Yeah for sure we we'll, um yeah keep in touch as the year goes on it's uh I can't say too much unfortunately right now just just around um, you know that process but um, you know as that sort of uh, progresses on I'm sure we can talk a bit more.
0: If anyone wants to find out more about the athletes cooperative where can they get that information?
1: Um yeah, at, at the moment, uh, obviously, just just where we we are in the process, um, you know, there's, there is a bit in the, in the media if you you search it. Um, the athletes cooperative in New Zealand, you'll you'll find a few articles. But um, you know, as I say, we, we're just having to be a little bit tight-lipped, um, you know, around what we we can and, and can't talk about because we are in a, a legal process. But um, you know, this will start becoming public. Um, the hearing in February is public, so. You know it will sort of come out and and we will as i say we will be able to talk more um but you know we, we don't want to compromise what we're doing
0: mahi thank you for your time and uh we will speak hopefully again at some point in the future
1: okay thanks rebecca
0: that has been rowing chat with me and mahi drysdale and until next time